Well, good morning. We are Jane and Kevin Wally. We've been uh, part of the Orchard Story since the beginning, and we're glad to be with you uh, here today. For those we've not yet had the pleasure of getting to know, we are thankful you're here, and we hope to get to know you, perhaps as we spend time together in service to our church or the wider community in the future. This summer, we're breaking, or we're uh, taking a break from hearing a Sunday sermon from Rick and Daniel and are hearing instead about values and practices in the Christian life. Today, Jane and I will be focusing on service. Oh no, you say he's gonna ask us to serve in the nursery. Well, there's a lot more to service than nursery and Sunday school. Let me ask you a question. Do we perform acts of service to gain God's favor? In the back of our minds, do we believe what we see in movies and on TV, that God weighs our good deeds against our bad ones to see if we make the cut at the pearly gates? I say to you, heaven forbid. The scripture is clear. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. St. Paul tells us in Ephesians, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works. We do not have to clean ourselves up to be before, we, before Christ saves us. The scripture is equally clear, however, that even though he received us just as we were, he does not want us to remain the same. He calls us to accept change. He says to each of us, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wastelands and streams in the desert. It's a common saying in Christian circles that God has a plan for each one of us. If that's true, then it is a good thing for us believers to move toward God, discover that plan, and live it out. We say that Jesus is the good shepherd, and we sheep of his pasture. If we learn to uh, adopt his values as our own and put we will enter into the abundant life he promises. I want that. What about you? Let me ask you, have you ever looked at that website that uh, Katie was talking about a minute ago? It's easy to remember, www.orchards.church. I encourage you to have a look. It's really well done, and it's an excellent resource, as she said, to keep up with the life of the church. You can even listen to past uh, sermons you may have missed out on. Um, at the website. But when you go to the website, the first thing you will see is this. Rooted in Jesus, together, bearing fruit. So I'll say that again. Rooted in Jesus, together, bearing fruit. This is a simple set of words meant as a banner over our spot in Christendom declaring who we are and our approach to life in Christ. 
Our Values and Practice series includes important topics such as generosity, evangelism, and hospitality. It is useful to focus on each one of these at a time. That being said, Kevin and I feel led to take a step back and talk about something more fundamental to our Christian journey before we proceed to focus on service. We recently had the pleasure and privilege of walking a thousand-year-old Christian pilgrimage trail through northern Spain. Some of you will know it or may even have walked it. It's called El Camino de Santiago. The purpose of a pilgrimage is to become more attuned to God. And the message he gave us was, walk with me, look to me, remain in me, abide in me. We want to suggest to you that if we develop a habit of abiding in Christ, everything he wants for us will begin to flow naturally from this. The scripture even tells us to pray without ceasing. I used to think this was impossible. Now I think it's just another way we're being told to abide in Christ. A friend we were hiking with on El Camino introduced us to a short prayer, which may be helpful here. Can you tell us about that, Jane? Yes, it is simple, but oh so good, used as a repetitive breath prayer. Here it is. Here I am. Here I am in your presence, Lord. Here I am. Here I am in your presence, Lord. Here I am. Here I am in your presence, Lord. Well, it's very meditative in its nature. It, it just keeps calling us back to a recognition that God is with us right now, abiding with us. It's just that we so quickly forget that this is so. We need to keep reminding ourselves of his ongoing presence with us. Let's talk about John 6 for just a moment. In John 6, some people asked Jesus, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So did you get that? Jesus says the work we must do is to believe in him. That is no work at all. So did our talk about service just fall on its face? Well, I don't think so. But Jesus is pointing to something much more basic than doing good things. More on this is found in John 15. Jane, tell us about that. In John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So it is in being being in a close relationship with Christ that must come first. Going back to the words on our church homepage, we must be rooted in Jesus. 
okay, so our most important job is to be closely connected to Jesus. But our focus today is on service, so let's begin to look a little more narrowly at that. Jane, what do we know about Jesus' attitude about service? Jesus was the most wonderful, caring, perfect human being that has ever been on the face of the earth. And he lived a life of service. So let's begin to... In Matthew 20, he says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and give his ransom as life for many. The, sac the scripture is filled with examples of Jesus serving people, including he healed lepers, he gave sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, speech to the mute, he cast out demons, he calmed a storm to save the disciples, he fed thousands with just a few loaves of bread and fishes, he raised Lazarus and Dorcas from the dead. And finally, he gave himself as a perfect sacrifice to pay for the sins of humanity. In Philippians 2, Paul says, Let the same mind be in you that is in Christ. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Well, we Christians are called to follow the example of Jesus, so I suppose we should be doing similar things. Yes. Remember the story when Jesus was the most humble servant. He washed the feet of his disciples at the Last Supper. I want to remind you what he said to them. If I, your master and teacher, have washed your feet... You should do also the same for one another. For I have given you an example, and you should do just as I have done. Humility is such an important part of service. If you serve with a proud heart, your service will be... Well, it will be... <laughs> generally not appreciated, and it may be wasted. I just spoke about Jesus humbling himself, and we are to humble ourselves and do good work. It says in Ephesians 2, we are his workmanship, created for good works in Christ, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Well, that's quite a statement by Paul. He tells us something about our identity. We are the workmanship of Christ. And he goes on to tell us what we were created for. Our purpose is to do good works in Christ, and not only that, but he has even prepared those works in advance. Okay, so these works are already out there being held in the mind of God. But how do we discover them? We were in a Bible survey class when we heard about Henry Blackaby. We heard him referred to more than once, so we decided to check it out. Just the title of his book was interesting. 
experiencing God. The big encouragement that we got from this book was all you need to do to be about God's business is to look around you. Find where he is active and join him. All right, so contained in that idea is the notion that God is always busy doing something in the world around us. If we look around, we'll see those things, and we can join in with them. What else would you like to say about this process, Jane? Another way that God nudges us or gives us an idea of our service is through our passions. Yes, I'm talking about the things that you really like to do. I like this quote from Friedrich Buchner. The place God calls you to be is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Let me give you some examples from my own life. I love sewing. So while I was in Germany, I asked a group of women to join what I called the creative days. On those days, I taught some of the women how to sew. This was a win-win situation because they were eager to learn to sew and I enjoyed sewing and teaching them. I like preparing meals and serving them in our home. So that fits well with being a community group hostess. Kevin and I both like to travel. God has sent us on short-term mission trips, and he sent us to Germany for three years. God led us to start a small group in our home there. I became a stand-in mom for several of the young women who were also living overseas without their family. Some of them had their first baby during the time that they were in our community group. Kevin, what are some of the ways that you have experienced, that you have used God's passions for his service? Well, I like to teach and have taught Sunday school and led several Bible studies. I like to build, and we went to Mexico and built houses. And I helped drill a water well in Guatemala. I like foreign language. And I got to use my Spanish in Mexico and Guatemala. So performing service starts off with a motivation to help others in obedience to Christ. But we often get some joy out of it too. But that's not too surprising because when we humbly serve others, God gives us a deep joy. Yeah, it's wonderful how he does that for us. Uh, our focus on service, however, is first and foremost on other people. What kinds of good things happen in the world when we serve others? Well, the most basic is that we help someone else and their burdens are lifted. Service builds bonds of goodwill between us and those that we serve. And those bonds may draw them closer to Christ. It is, a good, it is good to model kindness and respect, especially in this world of strife and confusion and difficulty. 
Serving others communicates love in a way that surpasses words. 1 John 3.18 says, Let us not love in word or in talk, but in deed and in truth. I've noticed that these things are true, both for service that we do within the church and service we do for the world. We said earlier that we often receive a blessing when we serve others, but the truth is there are many times we don't know if our good deeds have an effect or not. This is a time to remember that we walk by faith, not by sight, that God is good and he is working even when we don't see it. St. Paul gave the church at Corinth encouragement about this in his first letter to them when he said, be steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Once in a while, however, God lets us see the good fruit he brings from our service, and this is a delight. Where have you seen that in uh, your experience, Jane? I have been facilitating groups with women who have been wounded from life circumstances and their poor choices for about the last six years. I see the transformation in their lives and in their faces. Some of the women come to our first meeting and their face is hard and serious. But then through the acceptance and the love and care from the group and the activity of the Holy Spirit, their faces soften and we see more frequent smiles. I treasure this and am very glad that I have the opportunity to experience change and growth in women. As I said earlier, I like to cook, and serving good meals to our community group in Germany brought pleasure to all of us. They were young singles, couples, and young families who really enjoyed a free home-cooked meal. Serving a good meal builds unity. When we were in Germany last month, we saw some of the good fruit. Many of the leaders today in that church were members of our community group seven years ago. Good fruit brings joy. So back to you, Kevin. When have you seen good fruit from your service? Well, there's one thing that stands out. We did prison ministry near Memphis, Tennessee, and on one occasion, we were worshiping with the inmates, singing loudly and joyfully from the heart. The spirit was powerfully present, and one of the men stopped himself, and he said, Oh, man, I forgot I was locked up. Now that is freedom in Christ. I know we all lead busy lives, and it would be easy to tune all this out and say, Sure, service is great, but I've got all I can handle. Our purpose here is not to add to your burden. Maybe this will help. I want to suggest that many of the things you are already doing count as service. For example, we're blessed with many young families here at Orchards, and uh, it is service to raise your children well. There's really no more important job. You will have your kids for about 18 years then they will be released into the world, hopefully for many decades. 
if you spend time with them while they're growing up, they will know you. You will know them. They will take on your values, and the world will be a better place. Many of us have, are, are also involved in uh, caring for parents and grandparents. This is also service. After all, this is included in the Big Ten that Moses brought down the mountain. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you in the land I am giving you. It is also service to work conscientiously at your job. As St. Paul wrote the Colossians, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. So you are already engaged in service, and we thank you. What we are suggesting is that you lean into your relationship with Christ. Watch for where he is active and join him. You will not be doing it out of your own strength, but in the joy that overflows from your salvation. Here is how Jesus describes it in John 15. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. So as you allow God to establish himself in you, good works will arise from you as surely as the grapes grow from the vine. All right, so let's get practical about this now. Mother Teresa said, not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. Will you join with us in a small way to serve others? Will you give an hour each month to serve the children of our church in the nursery or others? You didn't think I was going to let that go, did you? Or maybe you could help uh, an hour a month to help set up and tear down our worship space. That happens every week. It's a great way to stand next to your brothers and sisters in Christ and join in the life of the church. Whatever your stage of life, God has prepared work for you. Whether you're a young adult, have children of your own, or in the grandparent stage of life like us, these are gifts you can give to your brothers and sisters in Christ. We promise you there will be a blessing for you in it too. Your circle of friends at Orchards will grow as we work together. It is then that your church becomes your family, and good things are sure to grow from it. Then we will enter into the fullness of what our website says. Rooted in Jesus, together, bearing fruit. God bless you, dear ones.